But once again, though, let's get back on subject here. Mike Valeni is your father figure. No, he is not. You love Valenti. Like, remember you were swaggerjacking some of his his bits. That's who you get your swag off of. You're not a father figure. Till the end of time. Let us be your sports father figure on our podcast with swag on SoundCloud and iTunes at WXUTs after further review. After further review, as in our last segment, we got a little bit of that March Madness from Future. Remember that song? That's kind of old, Frank. Yeah, I do. It's kind of been it. That's kind of been popping up in my uh, practice rotation. Mm, I heard you be playing the same songs over and over and over again. Is that true, or do you really mix it up? I try to mix it up. Okay, so you got Cash Scratch Fever and then this. I, I have not played any Ted Nugent. <laughs> I don't know where you got that from, but that's fake news. Oh, oh, oh it's fake news. Now we got a Donald Trump here. We got Frank Trump here in the studio. Uh, David, the man got a Harris is here. So, David, real quickly, your thoughts on this. Why cancel the NCAA tournament, the, the big dance here? As last year was canceled, obviously we know – they can't afford to do that again because it brings in a lot of ma- uh, money, a lot of money madness, as I like to call it. But Frank, or David, your thoughts on this? I got to hear this. You always come out from the left field with stuff. Well, and I, and I think kind of that's primarily because they're banking on like having to recoup the funds from missing out on the last year. Obviously, that was the start of the pandemic, and now that we're pushing into a year in. I just think the NCAA knows that March Madness is about making sure that the cash cow programs are the ones that make the deep run. So all of the traditional prestigious colleges and institutions, you know, the the Blue Bloods, the Kentuckys, the Dukes, North Carolina. Well, wait, whoa, 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 like whoa, 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 whoa. So what's going on? Frank, you can maybe look this up. The Blue Bloods are having a poor season this year. Duke is but North Carolina, but... Kentucky Kentucky is vomit. Yeah, so and my and my deadbeat Michigan State team is ass. Yeah, ass. Michigan's doing really well, but I don't know if you would really consider them a blue blood. Blue not in not in basketball. Even even though they should be considered a basketball school because Jawan Howard, in my opinion, is the best coach at that school. Oh, they will never consider themselves a basketball school, but yeah. that's another topic for another time. So, right there, that kind of debunks your your theory. Keep going though, because really, Duke, North Carolina, and Kentucky could be bubble teams this year. No, nah, Duke is not getting in. You don't think so? Yeah, not at all. Mm-hmm. Neither is Kentucky. Okay, I, they could. They could get at large bids and see what they do in, they the, won't in their tournament. Get, no, there is no chance of them getting an at large bid. You never know. We'll keep no going. chance. None. They would have to win their conference tournament, which I don't see happening. Okay. All right. Okay. Keep going, David. Yeah. So, kind of just thinking about knowing that kind of the NCAA and the the ratings are usually driven by kind of having those bigger schools. And so, so now with the Blue Bloods not having an opportunity to get in there, then your your argument's kind of losing weight here, David. No, no, I think it's straight there because 
they they're banking on all the bigger schools, and that's those bigger numbers. Like people want to see North Carolina in March. People want to see Duke. No, they want to see a there. they want to see a good Duke team. They just lost one of their best players. He just said, "You know what? I'm done with this. I'm going to the NBA. Work out for the NBA." They want to see a talented Duke team. Nobody wants to see Duke teams that are straight doo doo. I mean, nobody wants to see the mid the mid '90s Duke teams when uh, Mike Krzyzewski had back problems. Nobody wants to see that. You mean the Duke team from '96 that lost to Eastern Michigan in the first round? Basically, yeah. Right after Grant, a couple years after Grant Hill, the '95 and the '96 Duke teams, nobody really wants to see. And then when Elton Brand and them kind of got there around '98, Trajan Langdon, around that time, then Duke came back up. But there was a, a period there between '90, I would say between '95 to '97, the Duke teams weren't really good. But that was also when Mike Krzyzewski had back problems as well. I. I don't know. Like I would say that kind of, kind of the people running into AA. Like I think that they know, kind of win or lose. Like Duke is going to draw. Like people hate Duke. People want to see Duke fail or when win they're winning. When they're elite. winning. When they're win- Kentucky same way. When those programs are winning, people hate them. But if they're just in the middle of the pack and they're not winning and they're not doing anything, nobody cares. I mean, then think Silky about it. Then Johnson doesn't show up. Right. Then think about it. The late 80s, early 90s Kentucky team, nobody cared about. I mean, people forget that Rex Chapman played with the Kentucky Wildcats because he was on some really mediocre teams that had some sanctions against them. People forget that Sean Kemp actually <laughs> signed with Kentucky. Be, this this is before he became Sean Blimp. Well, way before. I mean, this is before he was really the Rain Man. But the, 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 let's face it: when those teams are good, people tune in. They want to watch. When they're just in the middle of the road, team, eh, nobody really cares. Even if they do, nobody cares. Nobody wants to see that. Yeah, and so that's why I think with the NCAA tournament this year, because like none of those quote unquote blue ones, will people care enough to watch? Like is is it going to be a revenue generator that they expect? Are they going to have the kind of TV ratings? Like, even thinking back to that national championship game with Virginia and Texas Tech, like, how many people really watched that outside of, like, obviously diehards and people that had money on kind of pools and stuff? Like, did that really draw in the kind of numbers that they were expecting for a national championship game? And so I'm thinking, because they don't have those recognizable colleges, like I'm looking at the bracketology now, when like the most recent up for for ESPN, like outside of a couple of those recognizable schools that are kind of spread around, like North Carolina added 11 seats, like maybe for a purist or like a diehard, a potential, like if the regions are as they go, like see North Carolina and Houston, like yeah, that's like an old school kind of thinking about the glory days of Houston versus kind of the glory days of North Carolina. There's some nostalgia there, but is that going to really draw in kind of the casual basketball fan in a way that some of the early rounds leading up to the Sweet 16, that college that usually that we see in March Madness? Well, here's the thing. Where you kind of know some of those upsets and kind of the, like, are there going to be too many Cinderella stories, I think, is this year? I doubt it. Let's face it, Gonzaga, Baylor. Michigan, Ohio State looking real good, Illinois, Houston, Virginia, uh, technically still the defending national champions because they didn't have one in 2020. 
uh, Villanova has made it to the Final Four. Iowa with Garza. Texas with Shaka Smart and them boys. West Virginia, Bobby Huggins. Creighton with uh, um, their team with uh, um, Dermot McDermott. Texas Tech with McClung. He's been pretty interesting. Uh, Florida State always with Leonard Hamilton. USC, eh, I don't know. Virginia Tech, okay. Tennessee, kind of surprising. Missouri, Wisconsin, always which up in one? There. Which projected bracket are you looking? At? I've got Lunardi's up right now. Well, I'm looking at just the the actual top twenty five. Loyola, Chicago made it okay. to the Final Four last year, which was an interesting story. They're actually playing some really good ball. Uh, Kansas, obviously one of the blue bloods. They're kind of out of it. Arkansas, San Diego State, um, Oregon. I mean, there's still some solid teams that people are going to actually watch. Everyone is really interested in Gonzaga. Can a team from a small conference actually win the national championship? I don't know if you would really call them a small team anymore. I mean, they've been doing it for a while. Um, what do you have up for uh, – Lenardi thinks that Duke might get in, but uh, – Duke is uh, out and Lunardi's Yeah, Duke is out. Okay. North Carolina's in 11. Okay. okay. Yeah. Projected. Yeah, well, North Carolina is one of the last four buys – uh, his last four in, he has uh, Maryland, Minnesota, St. Bonnie, and Stanford. First four out, UConn, Colorado State, St. Louis, Utah State, who mm. lost a close one to Boise last night. But the thing about it is, David, March Madness, even without the Blue Bloods, there's a gambling factor into this. So people are going to exactly. watch. People are going to watch no matter what. And for for betting companies – now with the dominant Blue Bloods kind of out of it, it puts some spice in the game because there's going to be a lot of good matchups where some people are going to think they're going to be able to win some money if they can get an upset in there. So I think this NCAA tournament might recoup a lot of the money. Now I do think one of those Blue Bloods is going to kind of sneak in a little bit um, because of, that's how it goes with the marketing. But the name, the teams I just named just still have a kind of a brand name that will bring in some eyeballs for this tournament. Yeah, and I, and I think kind of just kind of because of college basketball, and particularly the college like March Madness, we usually get a lot of the kind of Power Five conferences just automatically. But usually, the Big Ten puts out you know four or five schools, and they're like off top. We know that they're in. Same with the SEC, ACC. Kind of this year is down, but thinking of like about the Big Twelve, like so we know like the Power Five schools are always going to have their influx. And so that's, I think that that will kind of keep some of that going in terms of interest and revenue. I just don't know if kind of things stand looking at Jill and parties, and I'm just kind of referencing his, like, will it have the same kind of economic generator as they were expecting kind of when they kind of revived the college basketball season? And for me, I don't think that it will, just because, like, there are some name brands, but kind of with anything in collegiate athletics, the more big names that you have, the more major college basketball markets that you have to boost those ratings, the more dollars that you're going to get. And so that's where I'm kind of thinking, okay, you like the novelty of having, like, the one-shining moment, kind of that's part of March Madness, but... Kind of, do you want the one shining moment, or do you want the kind of the cash cow of the oh la di da da recognizable names in the final four, and we just kind of keep the machine going? Uh, David, I don't think there's going to be much of that revenue from the blue bloods being there, because for one, 
They're only going to allow limited fans. 25% capacity. Yeah, so, I mean, and plus, I think people are people are going to show up, up with... Up regardless, and less of who of who's there. There's going to be fan bases that'll go. Be like, mm-hmm. okay, you know, let's say let's say for let's say for the sake of argument, uh, we're just gonna. I'll do, let's say for the sake of argument, Gonzaga gets into the Final Four. I think limited capacity. Yeah, there's probably going to be a lot of Zags fans that'll make the trip from Spokane to Indy. Yeah, I'm not saying they're going to fill the place up, but, I mean, there's going to be some that will get in, and then you get a team like Baylor, they'll, they'll get fans there there as well. Hell, and, let's, and of course, let's say, let's say you get somebody out of the big time, like Ohio State or Michigan. You, you know damn well that those fans will show up. Oh, yeah, Ohio State. And it's in Indianapolis, so it's in, yeah. almost everything is basically centered in Indianapolis. Ohio State, Michigan, and the Big Ten country in general, because let's face it, everyone thinks Big Ten is probably one of the best conferences in the country. You're going to get those fans coming to, coming to it. Yeah, and, and I think kind of proximity, I think it lends itself. I mean, that, that's why I think the Big Ten will, like, regardless, They'll have the revenue generated. I just think kind of NCAA as a whole kind of like will they so let's just say ballpark if Ohio State and Michigan are on the opposite sides of the bracket, they end up meeting in the national championship. Like outside of kind of the Big Ten network and kind of Big Ten country, will that draw in the casual bas- like college basketball fan? I think so. In terms of Ohio State, Michigan for a national championship game, mm-hmm. like if if you're not connected to either of those institutions or from Ohio or Michigan, yeah, I, I think one you have the storied their storied football programs and that draws in people, so that'll be a peak the interest. You got the Jawan Howard story there with the Fab Five, so that yeah. kind of peaks in a little bit of an interest, and that really casual basketball fans love to watch the Fab Five and that kind of connection. Um, and then when you have Ohio State, like I said, when they got to the national championship um, against Florida, obviously the football team it kind of got blasted by Florida. That kind of rubbed off on the basketball team to kind of have the casual fan actually tune in and be like, well, what's oh, this yeah. all about? And of course, they ran into the Florida team that had the same five starters who won the national championship from the year, year before. before. Right. But still, though, people wanted to watch it, though, because, exactly. of, that, because of that football swag. So, yeah, you'll still get casual fans. It'll, it'll pique people's interest. Or if, you get, or, if you got a play, or if you've got a player who is projected to be a top pick in the NBA draft. Now, I'm not saying that Ohio State or Michigan have that type of player. I mean, for, for Ohio State, I, don't, I, don't, I haven't seen anybody mm-hmm. who's projected to go real high. That's not saying that I don't think anybody is going to go to the association and or not. But, I mean, Michigan, unless, I mean, some might say, oh, well, Hunter Dickinson, I I don't see him being a top five pick. Mm-hmm. They're just I mean, right, great. It's just great college yeah. basketball. They are. They're two, they're two, they are two teams with talent, but they're also very well coached. I mean, we know what Chris Holtman has done at Ohio State. I mean, he's worked his way up. Up, he coached at Butler. And obviously, him kind of coaching the Final Four in Indianapolis, where he spent some of his career. That's got a little bit of a juice to it. And Jawan Howard, who, I mean, if we're going to be honest, I think a lot of people 
I mean, myself included, have kind of underestimated Juwan Howard and the job he's been able to do. And you know, I'll, I, as much as as much as I do not like the University of Michigan, I will tip my cap to Howard. And say, man, you've done a phenomenal job. You've gotten people to buy into your program. Well, wait a minute. You didn't want to say that to Beeline because Beeline that. Well, look, I will, <laughs> I will. I'll admit, I was. I will. I love John Beeline as a coach, and I thought. Uh, Michigan bringing Jawan Howard in, someone who had never coached the college game before. I'm thinking, what are you doing? Hang, this is basically more. This is the whole. Oh, we're getting somebody who was a former player here. This, that, and the other. There and and kind of after that first year where they finished ninth in the Big Ten. I'm like, okay, this isn't going well. Well, you look at what he did this offseason. You thought he, he was going to be Jim Harbaugh. I mean, you can, I can't. I can't dispute that notion, but you also have to look at what Howard did in the offseason. He gutted that. He gutted a lot of that roster. He there were some guys who were committed. Uh, uh, Isaiah Todd and that uh, Josh Christopher guy went elsewhere. You think he goes and cries poor me? No, hits the transfer portal. Gets Shawnee Brown and Mike Smith, who have really exceeded expectations. On the team, I mean Dickinson was one recruit he got in who is probably gonna. I would say I'm hoping to see him play against Iowa and Luca Garza at some point, or Illinois and Kofi Coburn and Ayu Desanmo because I think he's gonna have he's gonna win freshman of the year in the conference, and he might even potentially win player of the year. Mm-hmm. Here I've had conversations with several of my U of M brethren about that, but I think what. Oh, the one thing that Michigan has done, that Howard has done, that people kind of overlook, he brought in Phil Martelli yeah, as an assistant coach. Former St. Joe's coach. Yes. And I think what he what Howard's done is he's kind of made himself the CEO of the program, and he said, he's delegating to Martelli. He says, okay, look, I haven't coached at this level before. You have. You obviously know what the hell you're doing. So I'm going to let you handle this. I mean, obviously I'm going to have say on this, but we're going to have I'm going to have delegate guys to handle certain duties. Basically, and, you know, collaborating with his coaches. Yes, and that I, that is the reason why Michigan has been successful. Well, well, it's a formula that always would be successful. Instead of trying to be yeah. competing with your coaches, you're trying to collaborate. Which, exactly, which is great leadership, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know what? And I will. I'll be the one to say it. I t- I tip my cap to Juwan Howard for the job he's done. Second year, he has. I mean, look, some Michigan fans don't want to admit it, but you guys are becoming a you're becoming a basketball school. Yeah, I mean, be. you've got. I would say Juwan Howard. He is he is becoming the best coach at that university. Mm. I mean, because he's not. I mean, everyone will. He's. I mean, there was there kind of some. You saw some similar things to they brought him in, like well, they bring when they brought Harbaugh in. The only thing is Howard's not going around doing all the "Who's got it better than us?" baloney. He that Harbaugh's pulled, and he's not trying to do stupid antics. He's like, okay, I'm going to come here, I'm going to build this up, and we're going to go out and sell results, and I'm not going to go and try and hide from that. So. No, good. Absolutely. So that's why I said for all my Michigan fans and anyone listening, hey, well done with Ju- well done, Jawan Howard. You, 
you're on your way to – I would say he's the Big Ten Coach of the Year, may even be National Coach of the Year. I mean, if, if could they win the whole thing this year? Not sure about that, but, you know, anything could happen at this point. Right. Final thoughts, David. To that point, I, like I, and I appreciate kind of, and I'm obviously going to give Juwan high the respect, but I think Juwan's got a long way to go before he kind of gets on Carol Hutchins' level. Just want to shout out UM softball for all the ladies out there. <laughs> like, you know, he's, he's a great Yeah, coach. my, my apologies Juwan. for missing out because I, I, I know she's a Hall of Fame softball coach. I, but I think a lot, a lot of our attention kind of shifts on to like football and basketball. Because oh, unless you're unless you're uh, unless you're a U of M alum or booster, not too many people would be able to uh, identify Carol Hutchins if she was walking into Kroger and picking right, right. groceries. All right, well we're gonna have to wrap this up, fellas. Yeah. So it was a good 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 uh, discussion. What you got going on for this weekend, David? Since we're stuck here with a whole bunch of snow. Uh, we got a little bit of sunshine right now, so uh, kind of watch some college basketball in the tube. I mean, that's really the only sport. I guess the M- NBA is going on, but yeah. Okay, well, have a good weekend, my man. All right, you too. All right, that was David, the man of God here, has given us his sights. He had been on the show for a while. Um, what you got going on this weekend? I know you got a game. Tyler asked if I would be able to make the game. I'd probably be able to make when not your next home game. Was the home game after that? Well, this, this coming Friday, we're home against Ann Arbor Pioneer. Okay, but then the game after that. After that, uh, hang on one sec. Again, I'm pull. I'm trying to pull up our uh, our varsity schedule. Well, here we go. Uh, let's see. We're at home against Pioneer. We're gonna be home on March sixth against Ann Arbor Skyline. That should be a Friday, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, actually, that's is, a Saturday. Oh, I can do that one. All right. All right. Just make sure you let me know. I'll get you in. Okay. So Frank will get me in there. Good show today, Frank. Make sure you always check us out on 88.3 WGTs after further review, either through Facebook on After Further Review Sports Show. We go live or SoundCloud or iTunes. I mean, like I said, been just really great. Uh, we'll probably be in the studio well, it depends. Well, ne- well, next week I won't be because we play at Skyline mm-hmm. on Saturday. And possibly next week we could be playing our rival for a district championship if everything <laughs> falls into place, and that could be at one o'clock. So if everything falls into place, if if, if. well, take well, take care of business tonight to get start first. Yeah, yeah start at three uh, thirty. So uh, once again, thanks for David the Man of God Harris calling in. And like I said, make sure you just listen to all our uh, our podcasts on SoundCloud and iTunes with the picture of Frank Vashter and the horse's head. For Frank and David, I'm Derek Lawson. We'll see you guys when we see you. Peace. See you in a couple weeks.